going to share with us? I was going to tell a children's story today, but I have never done that facing this way, so maybe I should face this way to tell it. And I was thinking about the children's story that I was planning to tell, and I, um, I think that's, I'm going to go ahead and tell it anyhow. So um, there was a family that lived in Alaska, very, very high in Alaska, way in the backcountry. And they had two daughters who did not get along with each other very well. The um, younger daughter, though, loved to go on the trap line with dad. Oh, there's some children. I could have my back to you and not have to think about this. Anyhow, so um, she liked to go on the trap line with her dad. And it was, of course, winter for trapping. And it was dangerous to be out in such cold weather and such deep snow. And her dad had told her numerous times to be careful and how to walk and what to do. And sure enough, she fell down. Her leg went clear to her thigh in a deep, deep hole. And she pulled, and she couldn't get it out. And he just kept walking. And he got quite a ways away from her, like from here to Robin. And he looks back, and he said, you better figure that out. And he turned, and he walked away from her. And you know, this is winter in Alaska, so it's not real bright. It's dark. And it, she's got her legs stuck in the hole. And she tried to pull it out, and her boot came off. And she worked and worked and worked to get that leg out of there because she knew she would die. This is a country that, you know, is not sympathetic to your mess-ups. And so she eventually did get her leg out. She laid down on the snow and put her arm way down in the hole and got her boot out. It was soaked. She ended up putting it on, and instead of following her dad, she went back to the truck, which was a good idea because she was shivering. So um, she's waiting in the truck, and her dad comes back, and he said, well, I'm glad that you figured that out. You've um, learned a very important lesson, and good for you. Uh, when they got home, they pulled into the driveway, and here's the sister, the older sister that she doesn't like, with a big plate of freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. And she gets out of the truck and walks over to her, and the sister looks at her and can tell that she's been crying and that something terrible has happened. And now normally this sister would not give, share her cookies with her. She, what she wanted was she wanted dad to take her to their aunt's house to deliver the cookies. But one look at her little sister, and her big sister, she peels back the wrap and takes out the tiniest little chocolate chip cookie and gives it to her sister. Now, it's still warm, and you know, when they're warm, the chocolate is stretchy and gooey and really, really good. But the moral of the story is, Dad, did he teach her something very, very important? How to survive. The sister, did she show love? Nah, maybe. She showed compassion. But it was just, it made me think. It made me think about who was really showing love. Did her dad show her love? 
And by, by doing that, by teaching her how to survive, did her sister teach her anything or just show her compassion? The chocolate chip cookie was a real high point in the story when I read it, um, but the part about almost dying in the snow, in the dark, in the cold, and learning how to get yourself out of the mess was pretty important too. So you can go back to your seats now. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for sharing. Yes, it's good to good to hear and see and uh, take part in each other's gifts. Good to see uh, each of you here today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I, I'd like to move down there, but up here the light is, uh, lights me up better. Um, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. Before we uh, dive in, I'd like to uh, have a word of prayer. So let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the Sabbath day. Thank you for the rest that hopefully, hopefully we can take part in. Thank you for uh, the blessing that it brings. Thank you for the moment of rain this morning and the significance and the meaning of it. Thank you for each one who's come this morning. Uh, I pray that they, they are blessed as they bless. Uh, guide us this morning, direct. Uh, may we hear what you have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I scratched my head and I've wondered these few few days few weeks what what does a person share in the very last service or 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 sermon that that he shares what is the last message that I think would be important to to convey to you today. Is it well <laughs> a lot of different things that we could share. As we've we've studied, we went into and we looked at the book of Ephesians. Fall 2019, we started the book of Ephesians out, and we started studying that book, and we worked our way through Ephesians. COVID hit, 
February-ish sometime, and we continued sharing the message of Ephesians to an empty church, but there was, I was praying, a number of people online that were watching. So we finished Ephesians, and then we jumped into the book of Jonah, um, no pun intended, and, <laughs> and then we um, went through the, swam through the book of Jonah. One person appreciated that. <laughs> uh, we went through the book of Jonah and the message for us, I believe, today. Then we went to and studied through the book of Colossians. Uh, wonderful books. I think that they can be very impactful on the Christian life. What started my journey as a Christian was reading through the book of Romans. Sixth generation Adventist, baptized, um, teaching Sabbath school class, uh, leading out in church, and what began my experience as a Christian was, again, reading through the book of Romans. Uh, I saw in that book two different men. I was not the man that I wanted to be. Uh, and for someone who had been in the church all his life, has got you know, six, six generations under his belt, right? Uh, it was not a thing I, I enjoyed looking at. And I'm not here to suggest that I'm sanctified. Um, but my scales were pulled off, in a sense. And I think that each one of us, as we sit down and we look at the Bible and find out what, what message does the Bible, does God have for me? Uh, instead of going to someone else saying, tell me what the Bible says to me. We have opportunity to sit down and, and study out and read what the Bible says, asking for the teaching instruction of the Holy Spirit, he will teach. <laughs> he, he will teach if we ask. And so I, I stand here and I wonder what message? Oh, friends, if there's one thing I could share, Go to your Bibles and read what the Bible has to say. You know, don't, don't go jumping around to different places. I know the Bible says here, there, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. Um, I know it says that. But the apostles... In the Old Testament authors, they wrote books with the intent of us sitting down and reading from beginning to end, right? They had a culture and understanding uh, when they wrote it, and we have to, to some degree, understand the culture and the, the, the background that they're coming from. But their intent was for us to sit down and start reading Matthew chapter 1 and, and go through. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and go through. 
and find out what the message was because it was instruction from Paul to the city of uh, Ephesus. It was instruction from Peter to an individual or a group of individuals. So they didn't necessarily want them to go down and read a verse and jump somewhere else and read another verse and jump somewhere else and read a, another verse. It was the intent of going from, uh, for example, First Peter going all the way through. So we started in First Peter. We began reading First Peter chapter 1, verse 1. And today we are in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, but I'm not going to start reading there. Um, in looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 through 3 or so, it reminded me of something. It reminded me of a chapter in the book of Matthew. As I read through this verse, I would love for you to open your Bibles and let's read together Matthew chapter 24. I'd like to again welcome, I forgot to welcome the, the viewers online, um, but welcome, it's good to, good to see you. Glad you're here. So Matthew chapter 24, and yeah, we'll read all 51 verses, uh, 1 through 51 actually. So if you're there, um, let's, amen, raise your hand. Matthew chapter 24 is our favorite book, our favorite chapter, I, I think. But uh, Matthew chapter 24, starting with verse 1. Jesus left the temple, and I'm reading from the New International Version. Jesus left left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all, the, all these, Jesus asked? Tell, Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell me, they asked. When will this happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and, and of the end of age? Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not ashamed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. February 2020, I began getting phone calls. And the question from a number of people was, what will be the sign of Jesus' coming and at the end of the age? Could this be one of the things? Could this be when everything goes sideways? Is Jesus coming right now? Is Jesus coming next week? Is he coming? Is this one of those plagues? 
Jesus says in verse 7, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these, what does it say in verse 8? All these are the beginning of birth pains. These are Jesus' words to us. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one in the, in the, hill, in the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to their to get their cloak. How dreadful it would be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. Verse 21. For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would, survi would survive. But for the sake of who? The chosen, the elect. Those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive what is the word here? If possible. It doesn't say to deceive and then carry on. No, it says, what does it say? To deceive if possible. Who? Yes. I lost my place. If possible, even the, even the elect. Then verse 25, yes, thank you. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is, out in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is, in the inner, inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even to the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Verse 30, then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the peoples 
of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Verse 36, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the, heaven, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days, before the flood, people, people will, will be eating. People will be drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark. Is eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage evil? No. What does that represent? There's an unawareness. They don't know that Jesus is coming. We, do we know that Jesus is coming? Are we aware? And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other one left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch. What is the message? Freak out. Be scared and worried. Is that what it says? Stay awake. Keep watch. Keep watch. Why? Because Jesus will take care. Number one, Jesus will take care. It's a favorite song. God will take care of you. You remember that song? Oh, I love that song. In, in every day, through every day, God will take care of you. God will take care of you. Is God someone that we feel safe letting take care of us? Therefore, keep watch, because we do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at that time, or at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have left his house, be, let his house be broken into. So you also, friends, here in the Pendleton Seventh-day Adventist Church, so you also, sitting in your living room at home, you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect it. I'd like to take a 
bit of a detour. The next few verses talk about a servant. Who is the servant? Verse 45, who then is the servant and faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants of the household to give them food, proper time? Who is that servant? That's all of us, isn't it? That's all of us. I wanted to take you to Philippians. If you would, keep your finger in Matthew or flip in your your smartphone or or whatever device you're using to Philippians chapter 2. The servant is me, right? The servant is you. The the servant is, is Lynn and Norma. The servant is is all of us, everyone who comes to Jesus and becomes a Christian, becomes a servant. Philippians chapter 2, verse, verse 1, it says, this is to the servant, and, and I'll read and you'll see it in a little bit. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort in love, if any fellowship of the, f- of the Spirit, if any bowels, of mercy, bowels and mercy, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but... In lowliness of mind, let each esteem one another. Esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of of others. Verse 5 is the clincher for me. The NIV says it this way, if your fellowship, if your relationships, in your relationships, sorry, in your relationships with one another, have what? Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the, in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even the death on the cross. We're called to be a servant as Jesus was a servant, aren't we? Let this mind be in you, the new King James says, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death 
of the cross. So who is this servant? Yeah, Jesus. But it's all of us, isn't it? It's each, each one of us is the servant in this story in Matthew 24, starting with verse 45. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It, it will be good for that servant whose master finds him, what? Sorry, we're back in Matthew 24. Faithful. My translation says doing. Master finds him doing when he returns. Truly I tell you, he, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. Reminds me of a parable that Jesus told. You remember the parable of the talents? Yeah. There was... Two servants who were faithful doing, right? And there was one servant who didn't. He went and buried his gift. Carry on. Um, but suppose that servant was wicked and says to himself, my, my master is staying away a long time and then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, in an hour that he is not aware of. He will cut him in pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I believe as we look at this verse, this chapter, Matthew 24, prophecy is right now being fulfilled. As I speak today and as we're attending this, this service, as we've read through Matthew 24, that there are prophecies in that chapter that are being fulfilled right now. What specific prophecy is being fulfilled right now? Look at Matthew 24, 9 and 10. Then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the, from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Matthew 24, then go to verse 12. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most, the NIV says, will grow cold. What love is this? Is this the warm, fuzzy kind of love? Is this the giddy, happy, excited kind of love? What kind of love is this? This is agape love for each other. This is the die for the other kind of love. Um, Thoughts in the Mount of Blessing, chapter 6, blows my mind. When I first read that chapter, I just could not believe it. She was talking about this perspective. Going to and talking with someone 
And she said, uh, it's really important to sit at the feet of Jesus and plead with him. And she says, if we're not willing to die for the individual we're going to talk to, we should not go and talk to. Um, blew my mind. Matthew 24, then 45 and 40, 40, 45 through 49 is the culmination of this. 45, it says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant when the master has put him in charge of the servants in his household to, to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing. Who finds him doing. What doing? What, what is doing? Whatever God asks to do. What? Serving. Serving. Yeah, Jesus, it's interesting the, in the New Testament, when disciples came to him, disciples of, of John came to Jesus and said, you know, who are you? What, what are you doing? We come to, to talk with you. Um, Jesus, do you remember what Jesus told the disciples? Go and tell John what? The, the blind can see. The, the lame can walk. The dead have been raised. Go tell him that. The invitation for us today is to be found doing doing. I wondered what we did clear back in 1918. Uh, what did we do? The, the servants of God were out doing. They were found doing. They were protected, right? They, they, they wore the masks and they did the social distancing and all that, but they went and they got involved in community. They understand that the gospel was the gospel of go. They really wondered. They said, how, can we, how should we respond to this uh, pandemic? People were dying. Churches were closed. There was a small group that were freaked out about the churches closed, but the message from the pastors and leadership of the, both Adventists as well as non-Adventists is what was uh, God has called us to be out doing. I remember reading an article by a, a gentleman a pastor uh, in the southeast. One of his church members came to him and says we can't come to church. We want to come to church. And the pastor told him, now is the time for us to be in community. Putting into practice what we've been learning every Sunday. That's what he told his parishioner. Adventist Church responded in a very similar way. To be found doing. God will find a people not being obstinate. Not being uh, refusing, but 
of people doing when he, re- when he returns. Verse 27, Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of, of his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time. And he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. How is this being fulfilled? Do you have any ideas? I spoke about this in our church board and I think elders meeting, I mentioned it as well. How do we beat each other? With our words. With 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 our Bible. Many times with the EGW we do that too. Um, how do we beat each other? How do we beat each other? Is this how we beat each other? Philippians chapter 2. Starting with verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ. Are you a Christian? Are we in Christ? If any comfort in love, do we have the love of Jesus burning in our heart? If, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but, but every man also on the things of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. This is God. Humbled himself by becoming obedient. Not as a king, obedient as a businessman, not obedient as a a fisherman, but obedient to death. Even the most heinous death imagined. The death on the cross. Is this the beating that's being talked about? No, this is the doing that we're called to. This is the doing. So suppose this hasn't been how we've historically behaved. What now? Now Peter wondering when I bring up Peter. Let's go to 1 Peter 
chapter 2. As we look at a nation that's fallen apart, as we look at a nation that is at each other, R and D at each other, Uh, whatever, (laughs) whatever the problem is, today we're here together. The message goes out to each one of us. The message goes out to me today, found in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Therefore, despite what they're doing, despite what the governor is doing, despite what Biden is doing, despite whatever is happening in this crazy nation, despite what the R's say we should do, despite what the D's say that we should do. Therefore, as Christians, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Most of it? No, it says of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, no closing thoughts, no concluding story or illustration, um, because I think that you've given it to us already. Uh, We have in our minds a story being played out. We have an experience that has happened maybe this morning or last week or, or whatever, uh, whatever 2020 brought, whatever the events that transpired, uh, however it took place or our situation right now, we have a thought. found in 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 through 3. Uh, today is a new day where we can step out with you and we can grow in grace in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So I pray that as we have heard this, this message, I pray that we allow the Spirit to teach and instruct, that we've allowed the Spirit to come in and work. Um, Bless us, not for us. May we grow, not 
for us. May we be blessed and grow for you. That when you come, that not a single one of us, whether in this church, whether in the community, in a, in a living room or wherever, whether even whether we're at the school or even uh, across the nation, wherever in the middle of Kansas, people are watching, I thank you. But as they hear, as each one of us, here I pray that we understand what you are telling us. And that when you come, you will find each one of us doing. In Jesus' name, and for your sake, amen.